I can tell you that a team that has been to the World Series often recently, we caught them doing something almost similar. And I can also tell you, and I, because I don't really care, I don't know anybody over there, the Colorado Rockies were doing the exact same thing in 2018. And we caught them and we played them in the playoffs. In the playoffs, you know how many runs they scored? In a three-game playoff series in 2018, not many people watched the NLDS, they scored two runs in the ninth inning of game two. And they used to take a Theragun and bang it on their metal bench. Flip, those were the comments of Eric Kratz made last week on this very podcast. And since that episode launched been quite a whirlwind hasn't it it really has been kevin we've gotten uh it's uh, so much attention uh some so many different people uh well i mean eric said a lot i mean he was i mean it, he was he was outspoken uh, obviously and uh you know talked about a number of things some of the the topics he went to are usually taboo in the game and, and uh, for whatever reason i don't know why they are they should be people should have a should have the, the courage of their convictions and should be able to, to speak their mind freely. And it's just, it's anything else is people don't want to be ostracized by peer groups and things like that. So they don't always say what's on their mind. And, and uh, for, for that reason, but uh, you know, Eric, uh, Eric feels otherwise. I mean, he has the courage of his convictions and he felt like expressing them. So we had, we gave him the floor. We had, we had no idea that it was going to go down the road, which it did, but it did. And uh, so we, but you, I admire him for his courage. It's, it takes courage to just say some of those things. And, uh, you know, he's got courage in abundance and he's, uh, he's an interesting guy, no doubt. And he's going to be a very good broadcaster someday. He really is. Ultimately that episode ended up being one of our most listened to on Twitter alone, nearly a million impressions on it. Um, the, the audio version of the podcast, one of our most listened to uh, beat out such episodes as Alex Rodriguez, Chris Mad Dog Russo, John Sterling, even Steve Sharippa, one of your buddies. Um, <laughs> speaking of Sharippa, you know, yeah. looking back, we've had a ton of guests. <laughs> what, what was one of your favorites? Was Sharippa probably one of your favorites? That's that would be my guess. You know, I, I can't remember this a, a lot. Some of the specifics of the show, maybe too. We've done a lot of shows. I remember, some I remember some of the specifics, but I must tell you because I know him so well. Uh, he's such a good guy. He's so much fun. He's so entertaining. And I think if I remember right, some of that, uh, that a lot of the entertainment value came out on one of our podcasts, but he's, he's a fun, he's a good guy. And yeah, that was one of my favorites. I mean, it, it's hard to, it's hard to quantify. I think if you look at all the guests we've had, they all have offered something in and of their own way. Susan Wallman was actually very, good. was very, she was great. Uh, she was a, a good guest. She delved, delved pretty deeply into her life and, uh, you know what it's like being, you know, being a woman in the, in the industry, which is not easy sometimes. And and she was a pioneer, so I mean, I, there was a lot to be gleaned from that. But Sarah Kustak was very good. Eric Iron Eagle is the best. Iron Eagle, he comes the Eagle. He landed Michael K. You know, so we've had Paul O'Neill and David Cohn, and then uh, we got uh, Ryan Rucco. I need to hire more people. Yes, so I get him as guest. <laughs> Aaron Boone, Brian Cashman. That's right, Aaron Boone, Brian Cashman. You know, uh, Sean McManus. Sean McManus, we've had sure. We've uh, had big names. Leonardo DiCaprio, did we have him? Yeah, that was a good one. Well, now <laughs> you're lying. <laughs> well, totally, I'm totally lying. <laughs> no, we didn't have um, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, Leo, if you're listening, you, you're welcome to be on the show. We didn't have. <laughs> For me, I, I can't pick one favorite. Uh, I have a handful. One would certainly be Michael K, and that's for a handful of reasons. One, he promotes us every time he's on, and, and with his megaphone from his social media to his the Michael K show radio show to the game itself he always promotes us and it always helps so I, I I do appreciate that too he's one of the most knowledgeable people I know in the game and three and you know where I'm going he uttered the best line in the history of curtain call podcast <laughs> and it's about making up the making up line <laughs> yeah that's so for context uh, we talked to him a little bit about that period of when he was out with his throat injury and we asked him Okay, what was it like listening to Ryan Rucco do your job, basically call games, Yankee games? And he said, it was akin to watching someone else make out with your wife, which <laughs> is the line of curtain call history. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, we've uh, Michael has a couple of good lines, but we uh, yeah uh, yeah that was a good one. 
Oh, uh, it's you know it's and we've had over fifty shows now, Kevin. So we've, you know, it's uh you know, and, and judging by where we we are in the sports in terms of our sports podcasts, and this there's, there's a lot of a lot of them on obviously, and then uh, and where we're ranking in them, so we're doing pretty well. And so hopefully we're here to stay with this thing. It's fun. It's really fun. I really enjoy it. And I, I hope you do. And I obviously I hope the viewers and the viewers and the listeners do because uh, we do it for them. And uh, rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> I go to bed saying rate, review, subscribe, rate, review, subscribe. That's a good point. And I know we say it often, and, and I don't mean to get mushy here, but I genuinely love our listeners because they're the ones, when you look at our trajectory and the listenership, they're the ones rating, reviewing, subscribing, telling their friends, and we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. No, it's true. It's true. Uh, we really wouldn't be. Where would we be without our, without our fan base? You know, so uh, I don't know where we would be, but we probably wouldn't be doing this. So uh, they have absolutely supported it, and we appreciate their support because, uh, to your to your point, we could not have done this without them, and uh, we're very grateful. You know, uh, what do they call the audience in theater? It's the, the fourth wall, right? And right in television, it's called the uh, the audience. Audience. <laughs> I guess it's called the audience. <laughs> I guess it's called the audience. Uh, anyway, uh, it's just it's great to have the the backing and the the support. And so, thank you for rate reviewing and subscribing, even though we don't say it enough. It's like the app. No. <laughs> we don't talk about the app enough. We have an app. Yeah, we have um, an app. Yes, <laughs> we tease. We always tease about that app. It's great though. That app is great. So if you don't have it, folks, download that app. On yes, it's awesome. It really is good video quality, right? Yeah. Amazing video quality. Yeah. Um, and while you're at it, I got to give you a little more homework. Let's rate and review the app, please. Five stars. And also, Flip, we may be, we may actually be burying the lead here because for the first time ever, we have a back-to-back same guest week after week. Why don't you tell everybody who we have? Our guest this week is the same guest we had last week, Kevin, but, but uh, Eddie broke a lot of news last week, and that's Eric Kratz. So uh, he's, he's coming back for uh, round two. I mean, and he's going to uh, you know, ask him to amplify a little bit, and uh, we'll see where that takes us. And maybe I'll take him down the road with a few other topics he's got to say. He's, a, he's an interesting guy. He's got a good sense of humor. He's very well-versed, very respected in the game, and, uh, and uh, you know, has a lot of knowledge about a lot of different things vis-a-vis baseball and, and issues of life. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the round two with him. Pressure's on for a good encore performance for him. Uh, and after we talk to Kratz, we'll talk a little bit of pitching, Yankees pitching, particularly Corey Kluber and what his injury means to the rotation. We'll talk a little bit about Aaron Judge and Glaber Torres, two of the hottest hitters on the planet, I think. Uh, until then, though, let's get to Eric Kratz. Welcome back to Curtain Call. Kevin Sullivan alongside Mr. John J. Filippelli and Flip for the first time ever. We have a back-to-back returning guest. We have 19-year pro ball player Eric Kratz. Eric, how are you today? I am awesome. I feel very special that I'm a returning guest. Well, you did break some news during our last episode. Um, you, specifically, we broke the news around the Colorado Rockies 2018 stealing signs. Um, once we dropped that, that episode, everybody from MLB trade rumors, MLB network, Yahoo, everyone came calling, everyone wrote about it. What was the reaction on your side? Uh, I got some, I got some texts of some of my buddies, you know, seeing that they had seen that. Um, but the coolest reactions were some of the players that texted me directly and they were just like, you know good job or like you're always stirring the pot what's your issue <laughs> like ingest ingest because they know that i like i like to stir the pot with with the truth though and that's that's what that's what i do you uh obviously made some damning allegations um did any part of you have any level of concern over you know maybe you'll upset a former teammate or a former friend or somebody in the industry uh, you know what, if it, if it does offend somebody that, that, you know, I, I definitely apologize for that, but if there's something in my, in my opinion, I think sometimes people are too afraid of the truth or hurting somebody's feelings when it's not like, like, I'm not sitting here going, oh, you're terrible. You're ugly. You're you're the worst. I hope you die. Any of those things. Like it's, it's something. And, and in the context of the, 
of the podcast, we were talking about how much it was happening. And I think there's more that was going on there. And so in the context of it, I, you know, I stand behind what it is and, and that's that. Eric, um, listen, I, I thought what you did, uh, a week ago was, was, was great. I, I applaud you for, for, for saying the things that you said. Um, I'd like to take a little bit of a deeper dive into this because to me, as I've stated before on many occasions, it's, 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 there's, it's not about right and wrong so much. It's, it's about the integrity of the game. And it's about people have to believe that uh, the game that is being played is being played without, without one side having an unfair advantage or an advantage that's been sort of legislated away from them that they shouldn't have at all. So it does speak to the heart of the matter is actually integrity. Uh, do you see it as integrity, obviously? Uh, but that's your call. Do you see it as integrity? And, uh, and also, uh, can you go a little bit deeper into uh, how this actually worked? I can't go any deeper how it worked because obviously I wasn't there and it was something that I learned about after the fact. I didn't learn about it in the moment. Um, you know, if I had caught him red-handed, then that would have been, you know, I, I would be able to elaborate more. Um, but it was an after the fact, but it was also one of those things that you sit there as a catcher and you say, how are we going to take away any advantages that the other team has? So you're making your scouting report, you're making your, you're watching your video. And when you see things, when you see anomalies, when you see numbers that don't match up to certain videos, then you, you delve a little deeper into it and you ask questions and, I have, I was asked some questions about this after the podcast last week. And I said, truthfully, I've been more speculative and wrong than I have been speculative and got confirmation afterwards. And I think, you know, you, you brought up integrity of the game in no way. Am I like the keeper of the flame for integrity of the game? For me, integrity of the game is to win. And you know what? Some people might sit there and say, I'm sitting on the line. If all you're looking for is winning, then you're sitting on the line of what is integrity. And I get that, but I have to be able to sleep with myself at night knowing what I have done or what I haven't done. And when you put all the effort into it that you can, these are things that come up. These are things that you speculate. And I've speculated and asked teammates and they've been like, what are you talking about? No chance. And I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. And I think as men, we need to be able to say, I was wrong. Uh, you know, I have, I have a lot of respect for you. Obviously, I do. Uh, but I mean, you just said something, though, that uh, when, when just the bottom line is just winning. So win no matter uh, how you go about uh, achieving it. I mean, I know that that's not your stance. Ken, no. That's not what you're saying. Is it? I just want to clear that up because I think that yeah. people might have no, had that's... that takeaway. So please clear that up, okay? No, for sure. That's w- winning – Winning is the most important thing in sport. Your life is way more important than winning. And I think there is, there's so many examples of that in professional sports, which trickles down to college, which trickles down to high school, which trickles down to little league. And if your life is changed because of decisions you make just to win, other people's lives are changed, you're, you're out of luck. Like you, 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 I said at the end of the 2018 playoffs, we lost and they asked me what I would tell the fans. And I said to the fans, I said, this is a heart wrenching loss in game seven of the NLCS to not go to the world series. It is a, not a heart wrenching loss in life. If you have a different opinion about yourself because of a loss, if you have a different opinion about your family, you take it out on your coworkers, you don't have a good day at work. Like that is not what winning and losing is about. Winning in the moment is about putting everything that you have into it in the scope of the rules, in the scope of how you sleep with yourself at night and you go about it from there. I mean, you can talk about steroids, you can talk about sign stealing, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. To me, you have to prepare yourself. And people who want to cut corners and cheat are ones that are ones that are only they they will be the only ones at night 
that won't be able to sleep sleep soundly. You mentioned steroids. Um, they've been eradicated from the game. You really asked the deep questions, Flip. Have they been? To what extent? Man, that is a good question. That is, that's a question I don't know the answer to. I know for a fact that I've never done them, and I can attest to that. But I also know that if people are testing positive, I hope that MLB is continuing to be proactive instead of reactive. Like it's super easy for a police officer to sit there and say, "Up, oh, you were speeding and they never hung up speed limit signs. But I think MLB being proactive in the performance enhancing territory is tough. It's tough because they're sitting there and they're going, you know, the, the drugs that guys could be taking are ahead of the game that we know how to test. And, and that's tough. So, so did they do it before and now all of a sudden it's eradicated? I have a tough time believing it's eradicated. But again, I speculate things and I have been wrong. We somehow took this turn to performance enhancing drugs, um, which I, I'm going to take advantage of because one of the things or the debates that I like to have with my friends is, should users be in the Hall of Fame, known users be in the Hall of Fame? Particularly when you start to think that percentages wise, there probably are users already in. What's your take on that, Eric? I think they should be. I think they should be. And in, in, a, in a small sense, it kind, of, it kind of goes with the whole cheating scandal. Like, end of the day, you still have to hit the baseball so freaking far. You have to throw it so freaking hard. And you have to do everything it takes. Like, you don't just take steroids and all of a sudden you're like, oh, here we go. I'm just going to float on a cloud of gummy bears all the way to an MVP award. Oh, you got to freaking, you got to go out there every single day and you got to work. You got to hit in a cage. You got to stretch. You got to eat right. You got to, you don't just get a free pass. This isn't just, you know, collect $200 when you pass go. Like you still have to work. So I think they should absolutely because I'm not even saying that, well, everybody else was on it. No, everybody else wasn't on it. Like, don't, don't jump to huge conclusions, but you still have to do it. And you were the best. You were the best. If you have the numbers, you were the best. Put them in. No, no asterisk. No, no, like, they didn't take Gaylord Perry's spitball out of the Hall of Fame. The spitball is illegal. Like, that guy had so much Vaseline on the ball that that thing was just splitting and diving. Guys were throwing their bats. Like, that. Like, put them in, put them in, because they did some incredible things. And as baseball, we have benefited from it. If you are in baseball, you're employed by baseball, if you're any, anything in baseball, you have benefited from it because of the great accomplishments that they did, performance enhanced or not. I think you and I are in the same camp. And I like to think, like, you look at the rioters, and this isn't an indictment on the rioters, but who made them the end-all, be-all on, like, eye tests? Like, who are they saying who did it and who didn't do it? Like, there is no black and white, unless there's a test, obviously. But sometimes they just say, eh, it looks like he did it. And I think writers sometimes like to get on, you know, get on their, get on their sticks, and they do, they do their thing, which is, which is great. That's what they're for. You know, you, you, you write good articles, people read them. You write a blank article. If this is a bland podcast, nobody's going to listen to it. But you, you, read a, you, read a good, you read a good article, you want to come back for more. And in their mind, that's the truth. And that's, you know, I think they, if you say steroids keep you out of the Hall of Fame and, like, that's your so, you're so hard onto that as a writer, are you not allowed to write about somebody that tested positive for steroids and is now a great teammate and is, is – doing great things in the MLB now, like, no, you can still write about them. You can still, but to me, just call it for what it is. There might be something going on there, but call it for what it is. And I think I have no problem with the writers that are on it. 
I just like the good discussions about it for sure. See, I, I don't know if this is the time or the place to talk about this, the actual Hall of Fame system that is used. But do you think that the the system should be? I'm not saying you eliminate sports writers. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that you think it needs to be more. Uh, it needs to be more expanded as to who gets to vote besides the writers. You think former players should get to, to vote? Do you think uh, for exe- for executives in the game or the game should get to vote? I think it should just be, be what it is. Sports writers who, you know, some, some are really good at it, some are a little less good at it. To, but it's, if it was more expansive, it would probably be more representative. Do you feel that way? It would definitely be more representative uh, to what to what percentages each each group gets. I don't know, but I think there is a you're you're voting on perception. You're not voting for me against. Uh, let's see who's going to be the next Hall of Famer that's retired. You know, me or Yadier Molina. Like, there's no perception there. Like, it's the statistics are one thing, and then perception is another thing. And I think players' perception of somebody that they played against during that era, let's say you had a 15-year career and there was 1,500 players that played during that, that time. How could all those players vote, anybody with more than a year of time during that 15 years, how can they vote for you or against you? Because their perception, they might be like, dude, Kratz was an absolute jerk. I hated him. I'm not voting for him. Or I could shoo off a reporter because he wrote something bad about one of my teammates for the entire 15 years of my career and say that reporter might be like, nah, not a Hall of Famer. And so it's perception. And I think players, your colleagues, have such a great perception of how you played a perspective on, hey, I remember seeing this guy in July of his last season. He played a night game, then he played a day game after a collision at the plate. And, oh, wait, I looked at his numbers? Wow, this dude is a Hall of Famer. Like, I remember him being the best. I remember going into that city and being like, gosh darn it, man. I can't, like, we got to make sure we don't let this guy beat us. And that's a perception. That's a perspective that I think is lost sometimes when not everybody is asked. Two quick things before we let you go, Eric. One, Theragun very much should be calling you and saying, here's 10% of all our sales over the past week because they were mentioned in every article (laughs) across the nation. Um, I legitimately, this is the truth, bought one after our conversation. Uh, Your muscles are so nice now. (laughs) I haven't used it yet. Still in the box. Um, (laughs) Second thing, I loved the attention we got last week. So if there's anything else you want to get off your chest, the floor is yours. (laughs) That's what somebody, you know, it's funny that you say that. But yes, I will definitely take a Theragun. It will definitely help me with my tight muscles and my wife not giving me a massage. So I need that. But... I need a, no, it's funny that you say that, like, get off my chest. Somebody, somebody tweeted at me, like, what's your issue? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what, what is that? What is that? Mean? What's my issue? He's like, why are you, why are you attacking? Why are you attacking the Rockies? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not attacking the Rockies. Listen to the whole podcast. I'm not attacking. Like a question was asked, a debate was brought up and there is nothing that I love talking about more than baseball. Because there is so many heated opinions. And I think sometimes I can bring more of a realistic opinion. Like I'd love to go on some of my talk shows that I, I live, I live outside of Philadelphia here. And I loved, I would love to go on some of the talk shows and be like, when a fan calls in, you know, who stinks the whole Phillies bench, you know, who we got to get rid of. We got to get great. You can absolutely say that you can get rid of whoever you want. Who do you want in the place? Like, oh, our rotation is terrible. Like, you have Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and Zach Eflin. Like, what do you want? Do you want Scherzer and DeGrom to finish out the top five? Like, like what do you – I love debates. I love hearing people roast other people. If I ever have a podcast, I want to call it to the front of the bus because I used to love going to the front of the bus to call Done. people out. Done? <laughs> 
it's done. It's out of every, every, it might be too hot. Sponsored <laughs> by Theragun. Maybe like that. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for the follow-up. Uh, I know you're, you're pressed for time today, so thank you for uh, spending some with us today out of your day. And uh, uh, thank you for your candidness, your honesty, and your sense of humor. So, again, I get to have you on always. And uh, we'll talk to you again, Eric. Thanks again. Flip, Kevin. Thank you, boys. Flip, I wouldn't be against having Kratz on every week for 10 minutes. He's that good. Let's ask him. Let's ask him. He wants to be a co-host. We'll put him on for every week for 10 minutes. We'll call it the 10-minute segment. Yeah, ask Eric or something like that. Ask Eric Eric for 10 minutes. Yeah, I'll ask him. Sure, let's ask him if he wants to be part of it. Sure. Uh, No, he's actually good. It's good. He's got opinions. Uh, we we covered uh, we covered a multitude there. Uh, we talked about uh, we talked about steroids. We talked about the uh, uh, Hall of Fame. We talked we amplified a little bit about the the Colorado situation uh, when they were uh, uh, allegedly uh, allegedly they, they were gone to tweet things they shouldn't do. Uh, he amplified that a little bit. So uh, we uh, he you know continues to be a a good underscore for us of of, of information and uh, opinions. As promised, let's switch gears to the Yankees pitching. There's a lot of good to talk about there. Uh, before we do, though, we, we do have some negative that we have to talk about, meaning Corey Kluber. It sounds like yeah. he's going to be out for, best case scenario, two months. What does that mean for the Yankees rotation, Flip? He's going to have to find help. Um, it's, he, was, he was pitching so well, and he was really starting to hit his stride. I mean, when you throw a no-hitter, I'd say you hit your stride. So he, he, had pitched, he was so dominant that night. And, uh, you know, he had made one start since, so which was, you know, he was uh, struggling a little bit. But, you know, what happened in that start was the, it was the injury. So, unfortunately, you know, then people start to speculate about the no-hitter and the pitches and everything else, which is on – people shouldn't do that. To, they shouldn't uh, speculate like that. But, but who knows what caused it. Uh, but, but, but the reality is this. Regardless of whatever happened, he's out for at least two months. And that's, and that's at least maybe a little bit more than that. Who knows? But if it's two months – it's too much. The Yankees can weather it. If it's more than that, then then you know I don't know what they're going to do because you know the key to winning this thing. And I've said I always look. Not there's no arc of wisdom here. I'm not being an arc of wisdom. You got to pitch. If you pitch, you win. There are two things I always say. What I always say: you got to stay on the field. Stay on the field if you're a position player. The other thing is you've got the starting pitching is everything in baseball. Everything comes off starting pitching. You know, everything follows starting pitching. You've got to have starting pitching. If you want, if your aspiration is to win a championship, Kevin, you need starting pitching. This is not, I didn't invent this. It's, it's, it's just an accident of the game, and it's true. You have to have it. And the Yankees, that's a big hole. It's not something they can't, they can't overcome. But they say, well, how do you overcome it? Well, let's, let's look at the rest of the rotation. But, you know, Tyone has struggled in the starting role as well. So between, you know, Kluber now being out, Tyone st- struggling in the starting role. Um, that, that's going to be Montgomery's pitch much better. Montgomery's, well, I actually say much better. Montgomery's pitched well the whole year. He, he's, he's like a little gem. He's pitched well out of spring training. So he's done really, really well for the Yankees. Um, and, you know, you but the, the answer to the Kluber situation is, you know, unless they want to go out and try to get a veteran pitcher, which they might. I mean, although they they'll probably look for left-handed hitting as well. They've got something Yankee list would be. They could always have to use another starting pitcher. Always use another starting pitcher. Um, I, I My sense of it is that uh, – They'll try to fill it through the, with, the, with the kids. That would be Debbie Garcia. That would be King. You know, when Schmidt comes back, the, the season becomes back. I mean, they'll give him a shot to pitch a little bit. So I, that's where I think the Yankees would go, would be the, to the young, to the farm system. And then Garcia would be the most likely of the call-ups. The, aligning, the alignment of it and the timing of it is good. And it's funny to say good, right, when somebody's injured. But what I mean is you can use Davey Garcia. You can use Michael King. Uh, and Luis Severino is going to be back at that time too. So to use Davey Garcia for two months, like sign me up. I think 29 other baseball teams would say, give me him. Of course. Of course. I mean, I want Cy Young in my rotation. I mean, what, yes. <laughs> well, you know Cy Young, right? Didn't you go to school with him? I, I did. He was, he was him and Abe. I went to Abraham Lincoln High School, so we used to hang out together. I remember that was my favorite question from was the last week or the week before. Was, uh, yeah. Tell me about Cy Young. Okay, what do you want me to tell you? Like I knew him, I didn't know him. Obviously, I mean, uh, you know, uh, know a lot of people, and I'm privileged to know them. But you no, know, Cy and I did. I mean, Christy Matheson, I know him. 
<laughs> I've got some doozy emails for you this week, too, oh, so don't sure worry. Do. I'm sure you do. All right. The positives of the Yankees pitching, though. We talked about Kluber going down, which is a negative. The positives we have to talk about, they threw 37 straight innings of scoreless baseball. 37 innings. That's amazing. That is second most in history. The most is 40 innings. And that included two Hall of Famers, Lefty Gomez and Red Ruffin. Yeah, I mean, listen, their bullpen is nothing to laugh at. Their bullpen is terrific. The Yankee bullpen has been great. Great, not good, great. So you, you, you couple that. They're actually, they're starting pitching. And actually, there's been a couple of struggles. You know, a couple of guys struggled a little bit. But the reality is, in the aggregate, the Yankee pitching has been exceptional. And, uh, you know, their, their defense is a little questionable sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. And they're, they haven't hit situational hit. Although guys, just a couple of guys are really starting to hit. Now, Judge is starting to hit. Frazier starting to hit a little bit. Uh, you know, the, the, the Satoras. You know, so Yankees find their Yankees will find their bats. I, I really believe they're going to find their bats, even in the year of the pitcher, which is this without question is the year of the pitcher. We haven't had pitching like this since 19, 1968 when pitching dominated the game. Pitching is dominating now, and uh, and the whole offensive philosophies are just lending themselves to you know pitching dominated because you know you get people looking at look long swings and you know looking at home runs all the time and this, the, you know situational hitting is is like a lost art now. Very few, very few teams, very few players situational. I mean, they try, but I don't think they succeed. They look for three-run homers. Well, don't get me on my soapbox on pitching because you know I don't like the, the pitching being as good as it is right now. But you did mention um, the other side of the ball, the Yankees offense. Um, there may be, like I said earlier, no two hotter hitters on the planet than Aaron Judge and Glaber Torres. Let's talk Glaber first, and I'll give you his numbers. Over the last six games – and this includes, I believe, an 0 for 4 performance on Tuesday. He's batting 500, 11 for 22, slugging 682, OPS 1.204, one home run, eight RBIs. That gets his season average up to 274. It's quite a jump. I mean, because he had been struggling. He really was struggling. But but you know what? Before the breakout, and you, you should document the breakout very well, before he, he, he broke out offensively, um, he was starting to hit the ball with authority, which the exit velocities were, were good. The exit velocity on most of his at-bats, the balls we lined out, or, you know, even was good. He's, his, it was good. So he was finding his way. He was just was hitting in bad luck. And now he's hitting in good luck, and he's hitting the ball hard as well. So, I mean, he's, 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 he's found the sea lakes, no doubt. It's, and it's a long season, so fans have to be patient. It's a lot like the starting pitching. You know, Twitter was saying Twitter things at the beginning of the season. Um, questioning the starting pitching and then they throw 37 scoreless innings and the same thing with glaber he was gonna heat up and like you said he was hitting the ball um and then it finally finally turned it around uh in a big way i would say let's switch gears to judge his last 14 games 449 five home runs eight rbis his ops is 1.310 that includes a walk-off walk on sunday Right. I think we should put OPS in, 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 in context so people understand what that really means. I mean, that, that's on base percentage plus slugging percentage. And if you put the two together, you, you, you know, you're on base. If you, you know, what, on base 400, you've had a great, you know, on base percentage, right? And yep. slugging is, if you do, what, 700, six, yep. six, 700, slugging is really strong. So you put those numbers together, you get the, the, the on base plus the slugging and that gives you OPS. But the, but the, the only reason I brought that up is so, so people can understand what that really means or some idea what it means. And the truth of the matter is this, uh, baseball is really fixated, obviously on statistics, just a stat like that. If you get an, uh, if you get an OPS of about 800, you that's a good OPS. It, it just is. It's solid. It says you, you can hit the ball hard. You can hit it with authority. You slug it. And you can um, you get on base, and those are the, the you put that those two different metrics together, you get the OPS, and the OPS at 800 is a very good OPS, and and now just ratchet it up, go to 850, that's that's a very good OPS, 900, that's great OPS, now over 900, you're really you're really that's incredible. You you get to a thousand, you're talking about Ruth Trout. You know, you're talking about, you know, bets. You're talking about a handful of players who've been able to, to you know, do that, sustain that kind of – it's incredible to have those numbers are just off the charts. So uh, it just gives you an idea. Uh, but when you put – like you just talked about his OPS. That's – what's towards his OPS again? Just refresh my mind. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 1.310. 
which that's a one three one three yeah i mean that's that's a that's a that's a hall of fame i mean i know it's a, it's a much more condensed sampling it's like we don't want to get carried too crazy here about that but the reality is that if you did that for a career which wouldn't you'd be you'd be much better than babe ruth jared's calling he always calls it's, it's jared, jared calls like, every podcast yes he does that's jared Pushtecker, <laughs> our one of our fearless leaders at uh, fox it wouldn't work on my own. I just said he worked at Fox. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> he used to. That's right. We all worked at Fox. That's true. <laughs> you know, we had a period there where we were, yes, we were Fox. So we were Disney, right? We were, were Disney for a cup of coffee. Yeah, for a cup of coffee. Sinclair. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. where we, I don't know what we were. We are a part of this. Uh, we, we've had a lot of, a lot of uh, parents the last few years. But... Uh, <laughs> But you know what? They all wanted to, to get in business with us, which is a credit to the people who run our business. Getting back to Judge, I think a lot of his success is just how aggressive he is at the plate. Um, our research team, led by Jeff Quagliata, says he's swinging at the first pitch 39.2% of the time. The major league average is 29%. So that's a big jump. And the reason why he's doing that He's getting first pitch strikes 57% of the time. So he's not waiting. He's not waiting to dig himself into a hole and a bad count. He knows he's going to get a strike and he's going to swing the bat. Absolutely. That's exactly what that means. It's sort of like they're going to, they're going to get ahead. They're going to try to get ahead, which changes the whole at bat. And they're going to throw, try to throw that first pitch strike, which again, is, like, as I just mentioned, changes the whole at bat. And it's probably, it may be the, it's going to be the best pitch season in the entire at bat. So why not swing it at? Right. And his 57% is higher than the MLB average, which is 51.8. And it might be because he's so tall that yeah. that strike zone's a lot bigger now yes, it than is. it is for other players. Mm -hmm. Clint Frazier also coming around batting 438 in his last five starts. Uh, despite that, though, we talked about Judge and we talked about Frazier, two Yankees outfielders. The Yankees have the lowest war in all of majors. Which is ironic because from 2017 through 2020, they had the best war in all of the majors. What do you think is going on there? Wins, wins above replacement. Wins above replacement, which Eric Kratz last week had a great line about. He was the replacement in wins above replacement. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. What was the number of quotable lines, memorable lines? Yeah. yeah. But to that point, if they have the lowest war, the Yankees outfield, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, you would have to think, especially with the Hicks injury, that Brian Cashman's going to make a move soon. Do you agree? Oh yeah, there's no. I mean, the Yankees because if they don't, uh, you know, they're going to look for starting pitching, uh, another pitcher if they can find one uh, who can get this done for them, and also give them some depth in the rotation because they, they really need that now. So I, I think they'll go look for that. Well, that's very hard to find. I think they'll go, they won't stop to deter them from trying to get it. So they'll look, they'll look to address that and also try to get the, uh, another left-handed bat because they're not, they don't have enough left-handed bats. And when you get to the playoffs and these teams throw dominant righties at you, you know, uh, you know, so like the Strasburg shares a, you know, we were the World Series. So the Yankees are facing that kind of pitching. And every, and you get to the playoffs, teams get to the playoffs have pitching. So you're going to see some dominant righty pitching. That's why you need the lefty bats to sort of counterman that. If that's the case, I'm going to give you four names. These are the four circulating around the internet right yep. now. These are lefty bats. Yep. Potentially could be a fit for the Yankees. You tell me if they are or not. Mm -hmm. Joey Gallo of the Rangers, currently batting 209 with a 726 OPS. Makes 6.2 million a year. Okay. Well, remember we just talked about 800 B and whatever. So his OPS is a lot lower than what you'd want. Plus, he strikes out a lot. If he does walk into pitches, he does it on runs. But if he gets a hit, it's a home run usually. So, I mean, the batting average isn't really there. Uh, the salary is enough. That's, you know, it's whatever. It's, it, you know, there, there are better options than that. I would not go there. Anthony Santander of the Orioles. He's playing a lot better of late. He's batting 256. Only makes $2 million a year. I'm not sure if I'm the Orioles, I would give him up. But that's, that's one of the names circulating. I don't think they're going to uh, give him up either. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, that would be a gain for the Yankees for sure. For you don't want that. You don't want him going to the Yankees if you're the Orioles. And the other thing is you've got to rebuild that ball club. And he's one of the pieces they're going to use to rebuild. So why do you want to trade him? David Peralta of the Diamondbacks. He signed through 2022 at 7.5 per season. Currently batting 273 with a 791 OPS. Uh, certainly an option for sure. 
Um, I, I like him as an option. Here's the most interesting. So I think it's either Peralta or this one. Mm-hmm. This is a pregnant pause in the business. This is what we call it. Because this is the big name. Charlie Blackman of the Rockies. He's 34. Makes $21.5 million. He's batting 243 with a 699 OPS. Clearly a down year. But if the Rockies eat some of that or all of that, which they would to get some prospects, that could be interesting. Very, uh, very, because uh, he's a proven hitter. I mean, he's uh, – didn't he win a batting title? I don't think he did. A couple of years ago. Let me look. I mean, if somebody tells me he did, and uh, so that would make him a proven hitter, I suppose. But, uh, but at 34, I mean, he still, he still could rake. And uh, you know, yes, he's having a down year, but uh, that's probably why he'd be available. Plus the salary. Uh, if the Rockies are, aren't going anywhere, they're going to want to move the salary. And you know that twenty-one million. Don't get don't get scared by it. It's not really twenty-one million. If you talk about the trading deadline, you're talking about then half the season. So it'd be half of twenty-one if the Yankees were to assume it all. And it would the be Yankees wouldn't assume it all. The Yankees all would the, assume five million, something like that. You know, I assume I, I assume I assume there they would assume, but. Uh, you know, but put the money aside for a second. Would you, would he be a good fit? He, he would be a good fit, and, P, and plus P, players like him. You know, people players yeah. who play with him, even against them, they have a lot of respect for him. They like him. You have to say, shave that beard. Yes, you were going to say, Flip. What is the date? May twenty seventh, as we record this. Yes. Write that date down. That's the day I was wrong. Charlie Blackman did win a, bat, a batting title, three thirty one. He batted in twenty seventeen. You were right. Were you debating me? I don't think you were debating me. I think you were just, you were trying to look to verify a point. So therefore you went to your, your, your copious novels of, of research material and you tried to validate the point, you know, and, and yeah. it, took you, it took you about 20 minutes, but you got there. Look, it's not how well, long good thing it you takes. talk a lot. If I talk a lot, okay. it's, a, you know, it's not the, it's the journey, you know, sometimes it's not, it's not sometimes how long it takes the journey, but it's, 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 it's to be on that journey and to actually complete it and to um, enrich your life. And you really enriched my life during that time. It took you to crack me up and then he, then he won a batting title, but thank you very much. I feel better now. I really Glad I could help. Thank you so much. How about we get some emails? Yeah, let's do that. All right. First, before, if you want about, to contact, hold on a second. What we don't do is, so if people want to write us, how, Kevin, just I'm curious, how would they go about writing this? This is your I was tell me tell literally. Me <laughs> I was literally telling people how to contact us yes. when you stopped me to tell people how to contact us. I just want to underscore the point because I want to give people a chance to, I was going to say, get a pen and a piece of paper or whatever, but people don't do that anymore, do they? They just sort of take out their, their, their smart, whatever, and they just like tape on the tape. They, right? they type on their smart thing. Right. So that is how it goes. If you want to contact us, you can email curtaincallyes at gmail.com. For some reason, I love to hear where people are from. I like to hear the reach. So if you could include that, that'd be great. We'll put in a separate piece of correspondence because I just said it to Kevin Sullivan. They just want to write you by yourself, Kevin, which I encourage them to do. Leave me out of this. It would be how do they write you? How do they find you? The curtaincallyes at gmail.com. Oh, so that, that's like an all-encompassing. So if they have a remark about the show, or they want to reach you or I, that, that that's where they would send yeah. the correspondence. Yeah, I mean, they could tweet at Sullivan. Yes, if they want. Do, do I mean, do that? No. <laughs> just, yeah, just email us. To go there. Well, yeah, why would they go there if, you, if, if it doesn't work? I don't know. You're pushing me to give all this contact info out. I, I think it's important. We don't people all the time say, "How do I find the show?" I, I heard about your show. I mean, I'm just trying to drum up business here. Listen, promotion is our lifeblood, is it not? We talk it about is. this yes all the time. Promotion is our lifeblood. You got to get the word out, Kevin. You got to get the word out. Come on, you're <laughs> lagging here. Get the word out. Let's go. Well, people who are listening already know where to find us, but they can tell their friends to find us wherever wherever they download podcasts. They have a responsibility to solid information entertainment to pass this along to their friends. Even people they don't like, it's fine. If they don't like somebody, it's fine. They can pass along to Bruce Pritchard. We're good with that. Whatever they oh, want to do. A Bruce Pritchard drop. I love it. I, I do. I, well, I, uh, he's actually probably a good guy now, but back in the day, he wasn't so good to us, but you know, it's whatever. So people grow up and they change and hopefully he did. And he's successful. But I'm happy for him in a sort of kind of, I am. Big fan of his co-host Conrad Thompson on something to wrestle. Oh, 
great that, guy. That, that's a very, they do a nice job with that podcast. Both of them do. It's a nice podcast. So let's get to the mailbag, Philip. Yes. Let's first get email it. is from Roger in Connecticut. So I guess our reach isn't that great if it's our first one's from Connecticut. <laughs> That's right. And you and I are <laughs> sitting in Connecticut. Sitting in Connecticut as we speak, so there you go. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> hey, Flip. Roger. Oh, no, it's, it's he already wrote already. <laughs> Flip, you've seen a lot of baseball. Why does everybody write to you? No one writes to me. Flip, you've seen a lot of baseball. Something. Should that tell you something? I guess it should. <laughs> Help me settle the, a debate I'm having with a friend of mine. What is the most <laughs> exciting play in all of baseball? I say it's a triple, while he says it's a triple play. What do you think? Of course, this email comes to us after the Yankees executed that triple play last <laughs> yes. week. What's your What's your thought? Uh, that triple play was amazing. Before you give me that, your thought, Urshela could do anything. You You know, I, we had brought him up. We didn't bring him up. We were talking about something earlier, and that thought went in my mind. I was going to say, you know, uh, how great Urshela has been for the shows for the Yankees. I mean, considering, you know, he was a baseball afterthought, he really was, how he got to the Yankees and it just immediately turned, it just immediately turned itself around. Well, it didn't immediately. I think he struggled for the first week or two. But then once he found his sea legs, he was just incredible and has been never stopped. I mean, you talk about, he, he talked about the best Yankee player not named Cole, right? I mean, it's, it's Minoshella. It really has been. Look, look at the defense, the way he's played defense. I mean, it, which is, that was always his calling card, a strong suit. But the way he's learned to hit, how, not only hit, but hit key situations. He hits, he hits with clutch. He has power. He makes contact. Um, and he's, and as we talked about earlier, he's just a gem defensively. So, I mean, he's really not showing any holes in his game at all. Done a tremendous but, job. Like you said, he was on the scrap heap there for a he while. Was, he really was. I remember first seeing him his first spring training with the Yankees on the backfield taking grounders I was with uh our friend AJ Herman and I looked over at AJ like and it. I said who is that um and he he knows everything he knew exactly who he was and he was like and he's known for his glove he's going to be great and I was skeptical I was like eh, we already have you know right. Miguel so Andujar. AJ, said, who's, AJ said who's that no, I said, who is that? AJ knew exactly who he was. Yeah, and, he answered, and he answered the answered Stucco. So stucco. stucco. It's it's the there. stucco. Uh, All right. Yeah, let's, let's finish that point, though, because, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's, a, that's a, look, he has been nothing but terrific. And he's, you know, he's accommodating with, with everyone he, he needs to accommodate. And, you know, it's tough to make time in a, in a covert world. But, you know, as this COVID abates now, I think hopefully you'll see more and more of a show getting on the forefront of, you know, of, uh, you know, being a presence, uh, you know, uh, he's just great. And, and, the, and the, it's turned out to be one of Brian Cashman's greatest pickups in his team. Agreed. Let's answer Roger's question. Most exciting play in baseball? Um, it's tough to say. It depends on who's on the other side of it. You know, there are triples, and then there are, you know, there there are triples. But you, you look, if you're going to hit a triple, one thing you have to have is speed. So that that is an exciting play. You don't see enough triple plays. If there were more, I would say triple play is very exciting. It's more exciting than a triple, but there's not that many triple plays. I mean, there just aren't. So if you're waiting for triple plays, you may see one every couple of years. You know, so I think you're better off going with the, the triples are a good call. But I'll tell you, the play at the plate is still, to me, is the most exciting play in the game. Uh, particularly a, a close play at the plate. That's a good one. Going back to the triple, almost everybody says the triple is the most exciting yeah. play in baseball. Yeah, sure. And so it's a double's more exciting than a single. A triple's more exciting than a double. Well, wouldn't an inside the park home run be more exciting than a triple? I would say that yes, <laughs> of course it would be because it's, it's a triple plus another plus another ninety feet. So yeah, that so would why are you shortchanging it? It shouldn't be a triple. It should be an inside the park home run. Is this like the no hitter thing? The seven eight no hitter thing? We got to that again too. <laughs> no, go back to the archives if you want to hear that. Okay. Uh, I like to think it was a home, uh, a no hitter. Jake from Cleveland writes, Cleveland. All right. So our reach is starting to expand a bit. Yeah. I'm sure you guys saw that that Zach Plesak broke his right thumb while taking his shirt off. Knowing <laughs> that you've <laughs> knowing that you've seen a lot of baseball, particularly flip. I want, again, again, they're talking about. I'm here too, guys. I, knowing that you've seen a lot of baseball, particularly flip, I want to know: Is this the most base, bizarre baseball injury you've ever seen? Well, it's got to be right there. I mean, it's—I don't mean to laugh. But I'm sorry for the injury. I just am. But I mean, really, you got her taking your shirt off? Really? I mean, 
come on. I mean, that that's so that's really hard to do. I mean, that's obviously a freak thing. No, it's an everyday occurrence. No, of course it's a freak thing, but but it's it's it's. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. It's just how do you get you get her taking your shirt off? Well, you, again, mean, you don't laugh at injuries, but I'm going to no, give you. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I, if that's coming across, I, I I try I try to make that clear that I'm not. I'm no, not I know you. I'm, I'm, I'm you, very I'm very empathetic to to that. Obviously, whatever however he went about it, but but still, Kevin, I mean, I've never heard of that. It's okay, okay to laugh. What? It's okay to laugh at things like that. In it's fact, okay. To, it's because I'm not I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at him. I'm just so the, the, the circumstances are just so bizarre. You don't well, think that's a, got, bizarre, that's a bizarre thing when you get, you get you, you hurt your thumb taking your shirt off? Well, did you hear Ricky Henderson miss time when he got frostbite in August? In Hawaii. <laughs> Where was he? <laughs> no, it was in August. He fell asleep with an ice pack on his foot and he got frostbite. <laughs> <laughs> no one Ricky. And I knew Ricky. Ricky was a good guy. Ricky just found himself in the... Out of the, I don't want to say the wrong place at the wrong time. He found himself, Ricky found himself at the Ricky place at the Ricky time. Because he was Ricky. And that's like, he used to always say that Ricky was Ricky being Ricky, right? Yep. yep. All right. I got uh, that too. I've said it many times here. My favorite all time player that I've seen play, Ricky Henderson. Uh, let me give you a couple more because sure. these are, and it's okay to laugh at. Yeah, sure. Of course. Uh, let's see. Let me go to uh, Brandon Morrow, heard his back taking his pants off. Missed time. In 2002, the Orioles' Marty Cordova missed time after falling asleep in a tanning bed. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, my. How much, how, how long did he sleep in the tanning bed? I don't know, but apparently he was too burnt to go back outside. His doctor wouldn't let him back outside. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's a bad one. Oh. In 2004, Sammy Sosa missed time after hurting his back sneezing. I, I can believe that. I absolutely believe that one too. I believe these all, by the way, because I, I didn't know all these individuals firsthand. Some of them I did. I knew you know, a couple of them, but but this is this is funny. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at people's mis other people's fortune. Because no, I sorry, enough but, time has passed on these, and they've made careers out of themselves. Sure. It's okay to have a little fun, a little of giggle. I got wait, oh. hear the chimes, the wind chimes. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's relaxing. Jared calling from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I only have a few more because these are great. Yeah, good. Uh, in 1990, actually, this one isn't, I don't know if this one's funny. 1990, Glenn Allen Hill fell through a table when he had a nightmare that he was being attacked by spiders. What kind of that's spider? actually scary. I don't know. That's spiders. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. They're all scary. I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. That's that nightmares. I've had a few in my life. They're scary. David Price missed time after supposedly, supposedly injuring himself playing video games. <laughs> Trevor Bauer cut his finger with a drone. We all know about that one. Yeah. L last one in 1992, Tom Glavin broke a rib after getting sick from airplane food. Oh, I must have been from coffee. Maybe the coffee. He, I, I think he was throwing up. I didn't want to paint that picture. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. That's that's tough a little bit. Well, some of these are real. They're all tough in some respects, but none of them are pleasant. But uh, that's what I guess they all have in common. But some of them are legitimately funny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to laugh, but I can't help it. Yeah. I mean, my favorite are the falling asleep in a tanning bed and getting frostbite in August. <laughs> two, two polar opposites. Yeah, two polar. I got it. See, Kevin? It's usually good. not quick-witted. Well, they're right. But you're good at, <laughs> that case is very good. <laughs> oh, all right. Before we go, and not that we're going anywhere, but I do have to mention that our wager from last week. Yeah. I won. That's true. You did. You said the Yankees would go six and four on the 10 game road trip. I said they would go seven and three. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you know it? They went seven and three. And as a result, I no longer owe you Chipotle. You know how long that wager's been on the table? It's like, you, you think you would have gone to settle it? You said, like, well, COVID, I guess. Well, well, that's it. It was the pandemic. In fact, so they're going to blame it on a little thing like a pandemic. You're going to blame it on that. Well, I haven't seen you in person in a year. So that's why it's been that way. I haven't seen you I, either in a year in person. It's been great, right? Yeah, I've actually enjoyed it. Thank <laughs> this is as close as I'm going to get Zoom, but we're good. I think that let's do another because I'm feeling lucky. Uh, 
I don't want to do Chipotle. Oh, maybe we should do Chipotle. What do you think? Uh, you know what? I don't want to win that bet. So I don't want to win it anyway. So can we do something else? <laughs> that Mexican place you took me to in Greenwich was good. Let's do that place. Do you remember oh, that? Uh, you, yeah, Boxcar Cantina. Is that what it's, it was? Yeah. Yes, I just gave it a free plug. They're, they're, by the way, we've my, my kids, I would spend our lives in Boxcar Cantina. So in Greenwich. So yes, I would say it's a great restaurant. And I would say that's a good place to go. We can do that. Okay, let's do that. Uh, boxcar Cantina, you versus me. Let's do the next Yankees nine games. In a steel cage. <laughs> you versus me in a steel cage. Uh-huh. Next nine games, the Yankees have a doubleheader today against the Jays. Yeah. yeah. Then they go to Detroit for three. Uh-huh. Then they're back home for four against the Rays. That's nine games. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, nine games, six and three. Damn, I was gonna say that. Well, I said it first, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> can do something else. No, right. we can pick six and three. It'll be a tie. No. If we get a, a tie, then we'll go on. We'll, we'll make another bet. Something else. So let's make it six three. We're both saying six three. Six three. Okay. Or is there like a tiebreaker we could do? Like the tiebreaker would be number of runs. It'll be whoever the first bet we ever made. Whoever won that bet is the tiebreaker. Oh, that's you. Of course. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you. Of course it's me. Oh, man. Of course. Yes, that's the tiebreaker. Okay. Well, we could talk about, we could talk about uh, Glenn Allen Hill. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about Ricky Anderson. <laughs> Sammy Sosa. I might oh, have nightmares good. tonight. Yeah, we talk about all that. Did you know Babe Ruth was a Yankees captain? Yes. You did? Do you know how long he was? I don't think he was a captain long. You're right. How long? How many? How long? I mean, an hour. The only reason, the only reason why I know it is because it happened this week in Yankees history in 1922. He was Yankees captain for five days. <laughs> <laughs> Did they give a reason why he lost his his captaincy? There's such a word. <laughs> I'm gonna look up captaincy. <laughs> captaincy. Look up captaincy. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's 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 like the Ricky Henderson. It's Cappy Henderson. I can't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> they did. It, this isn't Babe Ruth's most shining moment, but I'll tell you why. Oh no, poor Babe! After being called out in the third inning for trying to stretch a single into a double, Babe Ruth throws dirt on the first base umpire for which he was ejected. Then goes after a heckler in the stands. And finishes his tirade by standing on the dugout roof, calling out, calling the crowd cowards. These actions ultimately result in a one-game suspension, not bad, $200 fine, and his position as Yankees captain. And they got upset with him on Twitter. <laughs> oh, Twitter was blowing up. There you go. He blew up on top of it. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, 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 I knew that I heard oh, – <laughs> What do my guitars just spell? <laughs> that's Babe. Something. Babe, see, that's babe, babe, the ghost of Babe. Babe himself into the guitar and down, down it went there. Uh, uh, this is just, this, you can't make this up today. You just can't. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's too funny to me. I, uh, yeah, I, we, yeah, I didn't know the fact. I didn't, I, I knew that Babe was the cat. I knew he lost it. I really didn't, never really questioned it. I didn't take a deep dive into it. So I didn't know the, background so thank you for filling me in i think my life is much more complete now than it was before we started this little sojourn today so thank you glad i could help thank the 200 dollars yeah. while your guitar was falling i looked yeah. it up uh, yeah. i googled 200 dollars in 1922 is equivalent to do you want to take a guess let's <laughs> talk about currency now it's what's yeah. the equivalent of dollars like today well i'm interested interested how much this cost them it didn't cost them much. That's the equivalent of three thousand dollars today. You you don't think the inflation on two hundred dollars is is significant? That's like today somebody getting fined three thousand dollars. That's not a lot. You you, you say that because you, you're working off the look at his salary. Babe was the highest paid player in the game, right? It was about a hundred thousand dollars, right? You got to about a hundred thousand dollars around there. Maybe a little bit more. Let's go with a hundred thousand. So, what, what's the inflation rate on the one hundred thousand dollars? What would that be worth now? If this, if back in the twenties, it was worth yeah, the, that's what I'm saying. 
Yeah. Because you can't look at the salaries then. So you have to compare $3,000 to the salaries today. Right. Because $3,000 is today's money. So it would be like Trevor Bauer getting $3,000 fine. I think I got that. Carry the one. Carry the one. Be sure to carry the one. Make sure you get rate review and subscribe while you're at it too. But I, I got it now. I do. Um, Ted Marino would make fun of me right now because when I'm talking numbers, he likes to, to think I use all my fingers. He's all 10 CFO, fingers. He's the CFO of yes. CFO of yes, yes. He's, a, he's an okay guy. He's okay? <laughs> That's he's it? grown on me. I didn't always feel like that, but I, I, I like him now. He's grown on me. He's, he's, he's not a bad guy. I love Ted. He's great. Not great might be pushing it, but, but he's okay. He's a good guy. I like him. He's, a good he's one of our loyal listeners. He's done a good job, I can tell you that. He's done a very good job, yes. Without a doubt. Okay. So before we um, review that, every, Ted, we're going to use that against you too. Don't think about that. But I certainly should give every yes employee a review here. So you want to land the plane? Oh, in the words of Ashley Fugazi, it's time to land the plane. I guess it's time to go. Well, oh, speaking uh, of Ashley Fugazi, don't land the plane. Yeah. Did you Did you read any of our uh, oh, reviews? Yeah. So that's like somebody wrote a very nice. Uh, I finally understood who Ashley Fugazi was. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so after last week's episode, here's a review on um, iTunes. And please rate, review, and subscribe. Have your own review this, on iTunes if you do that. This is a five-star review from Life Begins in October. It says, enjoyed the Bob Lorenz episode, and it finally answered one of my most burning questions since I started listening. Who the heck is Ashley Fugazi? It's about time. Thank you, guys. So we did answer it in the Bob Lorenz episode uh john i almost called you john that might have been the first time ever flip let's uh explain by the way who, who, who wrote the uh who wrote life the, begins in october is the name of the uh, is that person. is that the, yeah. is that the, uh pierre's uh, pen name <laughs> pierre being ashley fugazi's husband yes is that his pen name it might be why don't you tell everyone who ashley fugazi is ashley fugazi is our longtime production uh talent coordinator yes she was my, also my assistant. She's my assistant for many, many years. And uh, she, she's a Hall of Famer in and of her so, right. She's just a great talent. And uh, yes would not be, I say this about a lot of people, but yes really wouldn't be yes without Ashley Fugazi. So uh, she deserves a, a shout out and a lot more, but uh, uh, that's what she does. And she's married to Pierre Musa, who's uh, one of the great uh, talents from NBC, production talents, works at NBC. And uh, is a linchpin to what they've done for the years. Good guy too. And Oh, great guy. And a little more context. So I'm not going to be breaking any news here. Flip's meetings go long sometimes. He has a lot to say. And when they go long, Ashley will say, she'll jump in and be like, land the plane, Flip, land the plane. That's why, that's where your closing line comes from. Right. And then there were different types of landings, different type of aircraft. Like 747 is a little bit more difficult to say. The spirit of St. Louis would have been to, to sort of land or a Cessna or whatever. There are different air, types of aircraft. And sometimes we get into that kind of jargon as well. So anyway, we, we're a very uh, sort of aviator uh, uh, underscored. Yes, very big in the aviation things, stories, trivia. I, I just stumbled upon another review while I'm here. Can I read one more to you? Do anything you want. I'm good. Headline is love this podcast. It's by piano dude one. Here we go. I just have to say this is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. And I look forward to each and every episode. I didn't really download it until early to mid last year. And it did help me get through the pandemic in many ways. Always funny, always entertaining. And Kevin and flip are the best together. I eventually went back to the beginning and listened to all earlier episodes that I missed and everyone, especially with all the great guests is always such a treat. I rate it five stars every time. Nice, nice. I like piano, dude. I do too. You know how long it took me to write that? <laughs> <laughs> it took me. What I came to play stop? the piano. I came to play the piano. <laughs> no, oh, I didn't write funny. that. I had no idea what piano dude, but that's very nice that you wrote that. Or he or she it could be a she, right? Well, yeah. Is, it a, dude, is it a woman a dude or is it a dudette? What do you call a woman? Ah. Uh. I think it's time to land a plane. What's no, it, a question like that? Well, well, I don't I didn't mean it's you know any any way except the way I meant it, which was I I don't know what do you call a woman dude? Is there such a thing as a woman dude? I don't know. I would guess do that. I would guess you're wrong. I mentioned something else. But what? But why don't we? Why don't we challenge the audience to come up with the answer for that, and we'll do it in our next podcast? How's that? Okay. Yes. Curtain call. Yes at gmail.com, or you can tweet us 
Curtain at curtain call, yes. Tell us, dude or dudette. <laughs> this is unbelievable. This, is, this has been some week. <laughs> this has been so, something else. <laughs> today. And it's just beginning. <laughs> I have a uh, I have a, a meeting in 10 minutes. We could vamp for 10 more minutes if you want. And we didn't have a senior staff meeting today. We did not. No. Which is, you know, although I, I know they're necessary and they, our guys do a good job. And we have a very, we have a really wonderful CEO of the company. You know, John Littner is our CEO. He does a great job. He's a good guy. I know him for like, like 400 years now. He went to, went, I knew him when I was in, was hanging out with Cy Young and I was hanging out with Abraham Lincoln. John Littner. <laughs> But uh, I know from a place called the Baseball Network, which is a whole other story. We'll go down that road now. But but a really good guy, and he's our CEO. So uh, and he runs the meetings, right? And uh, you enjoy the meetings, uh, Kevin? He does. They're good meetings. It's nice know. because I don't see these people. A lot of these people otherwise because of the pandemic. So I mean, so what happens when the pandemic's over? Which uh, we now we can see the light of sight. Thank God. Thank God it's nearly over for all of us. That's all another story, but. Um, so now that that's ending, I mean, that's great. But uh, so do you see the meetings ending then? That's going to be interesting, right? I, think, I can't even imagine going back to the conference room uh, and being just, you, you know, we're right next to each other, three inches apart, having having a meeting. I think all that's going to change. That's the change. That, that'll be, there'll be a new norm that's come out of this. There'll be what they call a new norm. And that'll be part of the new norm is how people adapt to all those situations. We'll figure it out either yeah, way. We, we always do. We always, that's the, that's the great thing about the, the human spirit. It, it has a way of figuring things out. If we figured this out this, this last year, we'll yeah. figure out the next year. Yeah. And if we figured this show out, we'll figure out the next year too. I think we're still figuring the show out. I don't know what we're doing with the show today, <laughs> but sure. Okay. So I know we've went down a lot of roads today. We have, and it's, and maybe it's time to say the words of Ashley Gates. Once again, because Ashley is getting ready to retire because of how long this, this show is going on. <laughs> So uh, I think we'd say it's time to land the plane, or she'd say that. And it is time to land the plane. So thank you. Great review. Subscribe. And we will catch you next time on the backside. So thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.